Good morning, everybody. Good to see you guys. Everybody wave at me a little bit. How many of you have no regrets or regrets? Well, listen, uh, this much more handsome gentleman that you see uh, standing next to me is one of my closest, best friends in the world, Aaron Martinez. He's the lead pastor of Joy Church Grants Pass. Come on, GP, are you with me? And this is his beautiful wife, Danny, over here. Way too good for him. She's been way too good for him since the very beginning, and he knows it, so there's Great. humility. Yeah. Um, but these are just great friends of ours, powerful man and woman of God, just so awesome. And Aaron, is you're going to laugh, you're going to cry, you're going to be changed. It's going to be an amazing moment. Do you believe me, Campbell? Come on. Are you with me? Can I get an amen from the third row? Come on. But Aaron's going to share with us this morning. So let's give him a warm welcome and take it away, my friend. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. That's like a lot of applause. You have no idea what I'm going to say yet. What if it's horrible? I'm really asking, what if it's horrible? Wow, well, thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's really an honor and a privilege to be here. Uh, if Jake can spit fire like that, just at the drop of a hat, what the heck am I doing up here? Like, I, I'll just sit over there in the seat and just let you do your thing. I mean, you got like the preacher moves, you know what I'm saying? Like, boom, it's like, ah. You know, it's like directing air traffic, you know? It's like, it's got the moves figured out. I haven't got preacher moves. I, I haven't been doing it long enough. Mostly what I try to do is just slowly, awkwardly saunter a little bit closer to one person the entire service. But there's no one close up here, so I'll just have to be awkward in some other different way. Uh, well, thank you so much for um, having me out here, having us. My name is, is Aaron, and uh, I pastor Joy Church Grants Pass. You might not even know that that's a thing, but for those of you who are faithful givers and you've been generous and you've been here for um, the last year or so, you may have been a big part of our launch. Uh, luckily, Jake and Bethany and all of you here are generous enough that your guys' help and prayers and money and a bunch of advice from Jake and Bethany have allowed us to, to plant in Grants Pass. We're in a, a theater, but ours is a historical theater. It was built in the 30s and they don't really play films there. Now, typically, they um, it's a concert venue. And so we never know the sort of show that's going to happen the night before we have church. And so I already hear some of you giggling. You've been to some of those shows, haven't you? <laughs> there was one Sunday we were there and uh, they informed us that the night before there was an all-female cover band of Led Zeppelin they're called Zepparella, and they like do guitar solos and run around in their underclothing. And like, I mean, it's like a booze-fueled romp. I mean, it's like, it's wild. Um, but there's no place really that we'd rather be. We love being in a place where life is happening. You know, it's, I don't really go to booze-fueled chick band, you know, Led Zeppelin romps, but, but um, we love the fact that it's just, it's, it's where life is. Uh, we don't believe that the church is supposed to retreat into some you know, safe place. We want to be where people are at. And so anyway, thanks so much for having us. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, we appreciate Joy Eugene so much. Uh, all of you here, we appreciate Jake and Bethany. How many of you guys love your pastors here? Yeah, me too. I... Uh, how many of you have gone and talked to Jake about something, and at the end of the conversation when you're leaving, you're like, I came in and I was going to ask him something sort of mundane, and I left with him being my dad. I don't, I don't know how it happened. He dadded me. Like, he was so dadly, 
all of a sudden I was at a little league game and he was leaning over the fence encouraging me. How many of you have had that with Jake before? I'm older than Jake. I've probably given Jake a wedgie in my life. And I get off the phone, you know, one of these long, like, you know, phone conversations and I'm like, Jake just dadded me pretty hard. How many of you have been mommed by Bethany as well? If you'd just start referring to her as Mama Bethany, I'm sure she would appreciate that. <laughs> Bethany has a rare gift. She, she, can, uh, she can mom you to the degree that, that you're, not, you're not totally sure if she's going to prophesy over you or stab you. <laughs> you know that's true. In the first service, I asked who here had been in a fist fight, and she had her hand up. <laughs> How many of you are like, I totally would have called that? <laughs> No, but I really, really absolutely appreciate. They've done so much for us. They have, I mean, Jake and I have had like three hour plus phone conversations for a dude. How many of you dudes have had a three hour phone conversation? Yeah, Jake right there. That's the one dude in here. The only way that a dude has a three hour phone conversation is if he accidentally falls asleep while he's on the phone with another dude who also accidentally fell asleep. No, you say goodbye first. No, you, Jake. No, you say goodbye. No. (laughs) <laughs> but we're really, really excited to be here. Um, we've been so busy, you know, with, with our, our church plant. We're coming up on a year. Actually, next month we'll be, we'll be celebrating our, our year. Thank you. Appreciate it. No one has come to church in that span of time, but, you know, we've, you know we've, we're going to celebrate the year anyway. I mean, as long as we can have some sort of a, some sort of a party. But um, I love this this series that you guys are in. No, no ragrets. How many of you guys are in, enjoying this? I mean, anytime that you get a reason to jump on Google and, and look at people who have misspelled tattoos, does anyone here have a misspelled tattoo on their body? I mean, I would hate, this would be a hard, this would be a difficult series to sit through. If you're like, man, these people are so lame. I can't believe they didn't misspell a tattoo on their body. It's like the most permanent form of statement, right? Oh, I love this phrase. How can I make it extremely permanent on my body? Oh, I could inject toxic ink into my body with a super sharp needle. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. When my dad was young, his name's Denny, uh, he was in Boy Scouts and he was, they were stamping leather to make belts, right? And so he misspelled his own name. So he made a leather belt that said deny. You probably could have started a popular brand now that I think about it, but that's kind of how getting a tattoo and misspelling it on your body is, right? It's like as permanent as you can get. It's, there's not like going back from that sort of thing, which is, it's just absolutely hilarious to me. But the series on, on wisdom and regret-proofing your life, making the sorts of decisions that, uh, that regret-proof, that cause you to avoid those times of your life spinning out of control and making horrible decisions. How many of you go, there are some times in my life where I wish I would have worried a little bit more. I wish I would have had a little bit more wisdom because this little decision at the time spun out into something that is like just massive wreckage. I mean, there are times in my life where I'm like, I wish I had a little bit, a little slice of that wisdom. I wish I had somebody speaking into my life that could have caused me to make a different decision. Jake told a story about doing a Brody in the Suburban. Anybody, is anyone here for that one? I'm responsible for that one. I don't know where Brodies came from. I don't know why they're called Brodies. I don't know why we tried to do it. If you haven't been here and you don't know, Jake and I were young. We were on this like uh, 
this uh, fundraiser selling Christmas wreaths. It's winter, it's nighttime, we're having an awful time. We're driving around and I go, Jake, why don't you spin a Brody, right? In his dad's Suburban. And so he, he thinks he did a good job. He did a terrible Brody. <laughs> My wife spins better Brodies in our minivan accidentally dropping our kids off at school. I mean, it was basically like five miles an hour and slightly turned left. It w- However, it was enough to dump over a giant vat, a cauldron of peanut oil that his dad was storing in the back. And so it all went seeping throughout. It's, it's a lot of oil <laughs> and it gets in everything and you can't get it out. So I was responsible for that. I have, does anyone still do Brody's? Does, you, does anyone wake up and they're like, oh, hey, one taker back there. Okay, yeah, you drive a minivan, don't you? How did it even become named Brody? It, there must have been a criminal guy who drove like an 80s Trans Am and his name was Brody. Yeah, I do this thing where I spin around in my car real fast, named it after myself. Call it a Brody. <laughs> Want to go rob a liquor store? <laughs> that was Jake's story about, about my idea. You guys, Jake and I, we grew up together. We made good decisions together. We made some fairly bad decisions together. Um, you guys, Eugene, as an entire city, um, which, sorry about your loss last night. I saw that in the, uh, we're not talking about that? <laughs> but by talking about it, you talked about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a huge football fan. Do we have any other people? Okay, all right, two people in the crowd. Wonderful, three. But I knew coming in, like, I, I have to check the score because it's the kind of situation that where I can walk in and I'm all like, hey, happy to be here, great. And I, it's like the guy who accidentally walks into a funeral, you know, and everyone else is like really somber. And he's like, hey, guys, how's it going? Great to see you. And everyone is like, I'm having a funeral here. Like, don't you know that something terrible has happened? So I checked the scores this morning and I was like, oh, boy, this is, this is going to be rough. But Jake and I... Uh, grew up together, and Eugene has only had, like, cool, suave Jake, you know, he's got, like, good preacher moves, you know, he's got, like, the the hand, like, the tomahawk hand out there, he's got, like, cool jeans on his nice shirt, you guys want to see what Jake and I look like just a few years previous, let's throw this picture up on the board, yeah, here we go, This is at a mustache competition, by the way. Jake is 13 years old right here. <laughs> look at that stare. He can wilt a vase of petunias from 12 paces. I mean, look at that thing. How would you like him to turn that gaze on you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're, like, you're on the dream team serving, doing something, and Jake gives you one of those. His, his mustache can fully form from nothing in 13 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Boom, and it's there. His brow is like six feet out from his forehead. I mean, look at that. Jake and I were like majorly, well, we kind of still are major league dorks. Like we had, I mean, we were just dorky guys. We are kind of dorky guys. Why the heck are you guys even here? Why would you come and listen to people who are talking who look like that? (laughs) Oh my gosh. And so somehow I convinced Jake to do this Brody in this suburban and dump peanut oil everywhere. that That was his story about me. What, 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 what does anyone hope to gain? You who do Brody's regularly, 
who raised your hand. I mean, what do you really get from it? I mean, it's like just, a, it's a few seconds of fun. I'm not going to lie. You're like, okay, I was here. Now I'm there. But really like, there's like not a ton of upside, but there's kind of a lot of downside, like killing somebody or even worse, spilling peanut oil or running over an unsuspecting animal. I mean, there's really not a ton that you're going to get out of it. There's a scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 10. The first part sounds kind of funny. Dead flies make the perfumer's ointment give off a stench. Kind of a weird verse. What it's saying is that very, very small things can have a very large impact on something that's very good. Listen to this next line. So a little folly, a little foolishness, a little spinning a Brody in your friend's dad's suburban, which if you guys spent Jake's dad, that stare, the Jake, the mustache stare that you just saw is nothing, nothing compared to Jake's dad. I mean, watch out. So a little folly, a little foolishness, a little spinning a Brody in the suburban outweighs it can undo wisdom and honor. Like that was a pretty small decision. That was a pretty small thing. How many of you though, you would, yeah. <laughs> That's the actual vehicle we are in. <laughs> How many of you would say that a little folly, a little foolishness, a little bad decision sometime in your life was capable of creating a heck ton of, of wreckage? How many of you, like, you're like, yeah, I remember that one night in 1987. Oh boy, at the casino, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. A little, a small decision, a, a little bit of folly, a little bit of foolishness, a little bit of messing around, has, it has the capability to undo a heck of a lot of wisdom, a heck of a lot of, of relationships. I mean, a small choice, a little bit of folly can ruin a marriage relationship. It can ruin family relationships. It can ruin a heck of a bunch of stuff. Uh, Jake told a story about me. I, can I tell a story about Jake? We were in an airport coming back from Colombia. We had gone and played some music in Colombia, and he's probably told this story before, but you're going through security, right? Thank God we got back into America before he pulled these shenanigans, because if you go to prison in another country, like who knows what's gonna happen? But we come back and, and the TSA agent, the, the security like checkpoint is, is making sure that we're not terrorists, that we're not bringing anything dangerous on our flight and we're all tired and we're grouchy and we lost in this like battle of the bands and we're, we've been traveling for a long time. And so they find this little tiny wire clipper in, in our luggage and, and Jake's little sister, the guitarist, um, had these little tiny wire clippers. And the lady goes, well, you can't take those through. You have to take them at this checkpoint. And Jake goes, well, no, it's not a big deal. They're just a little tool. And she's like, no, 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 we have to take those. And so Jake, you might not believe this, but he's somewhat tall and imposing. <laughs> He probably had a huge mustache at the time. <laughs> and he resisted. <laughs> so this lady, she was like no normal. I mean, she was like the real deal. She was like a serious watch out. Do not mess with this lady. She probably could body slam him. And she put up a fight and she said, no, I'm taking those. And Jake goes, fine. If you want these wire clippers, and he takes them and he like full on like major league pitch, you know, like whoosh, and just chucks them, and they fly across the airport and just like ding right into a garbage can. (laughs) 
I have never seen an athletic feat from Jake that was as honed, that was as perfect. I mean, the timing, the rest of the band, we didn't know whether we should be like appalled or we should be like, like surprised at such an amazing athletic feat. We were like, how did you just do that? I mean, that was like an exclamation point on the end of your sentence. You're like, fine, you want them? Here, wham, just totally nailed it. What would cause him to do that? What would cause me to ask somebody, you know what we should do right now? Just spin around in the car. There's like no upside. It's all downside. When you get grouchy, when you lose your temper, when we get tempted into some sort of thing, what, what is it that causes us to make these decisions that can just wreck our lives so easily? When you look back, how many of you hindsight's 2020, and you look back and you're like, I know exactly the decision that I should have avoided. <laughs> they have a name. <laughs> A little bit of folly can go a long ways. A little bit of flying off the handle, a little bit of I was tempted for this and I wanted this thing can ruin a lot. This series is on wisdom. It's on the proper application of knowledge to your life. It's how do I take the things that I know? How do I take the things that I've learned in the word? How do I take knowledge and apply it to my life so I can make the right decisions, right? There's really one point I want to make. And this sermon is going to be short, and you guys are going to like how short it is so much. You're all going to move to Grants Pass and go to Joy Church Grants Pass, and it's going to be amazing. I'm not joking. <laughs> but there's really one, one point I'm trying to make. And when you consider wisdom and you consider what we've been talking about for the last few weeks, and you consider how do I get this, and, and is wisdom just reserved for uh, the special few, and um, do you have to... Do you go to school? Do you have to know everything about the Bible? Do you have to have six degrees? Do you have to hike to the top of a misty mountaintop? It was pretty misty out today. I thought it was maybe the condensation from the cumulative tears of all of you. <laughs> Wasn't like making a character judgment. Gosh, I just, I was trying to commiserate with you. felt like somebody's gonna like body check me or something. <laughs> I'll teach you not to like football. <laughs> that TSA agent isn't here, right? I can see her like coming out of the woodworks and just. <laughs> but this idea of wisdom, how do I get it? Is it for just a, f- a few? It, does, did Jake hog all of the wisdom? How many of you talked to Jake before and you're like, he knows everything about everything. Like he knows about what his transmission and he knows about music and he knows about like, is it just a few privileged people have it? How do, you, how do you get it? And this is the one point that I want to make today. We're going to talk about wisdom out of the book of Proverbs. And Solomon said this, wisdom is not, it's not hiding. It's not hidden. It's not, it's not only for the, the special privileged few. It's not buried somewhere. It's not hard to come by. It's not hard to notice or to recognize it is not hiding it is out there it's obvious it's blatant listen in uh proverbs chapter 1 verse 20 it says wisdom cries aloud in the street in the markets she raises her voice i don't know if i have the same version that you do wisdom shouts in the street anybody shouted in the street before no it's because it's not a normal thing to do (laughs) 
Try it sometime. You'll find out why. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street to those gathered in front of something. I can't read the bottom of that TV screen right there. (laughs) Go to a public place and make a whole bunch of noise, right? It's like the most shocking, disturbing thing that you've ever done in your life or seen done in your life. Has anyone seen the guy on YouTube? His name is Aaron something. He's like this Irish or British guy and he puts headphones in and he goes out into a public place and he's like jamming to his tunes and when like the high point of the song comes on, he just like lets it fly. He just like sings super duper loud in public and everyone around is like shocked. They all turn around like, what on earth are you doing? You know, it's like the most shocking thing and this is what Solomon is saying that wisdom is doing this. It is shouting in the street. How many of you moms have kids, Right? Your kid is like, mom, mom, mom. How many, I, we have four kids, my wife and I. How many of you know that your kid can be saying mom or dad so many times and get distracted because they're saying it so much? Mom, mom, mom. mom, mom, mom. What? Why are you still poking me? <laughs> Wisdom is yelling, hey, you, 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 hey, listen, I'm here. I am obvious. I'm right in front of you. Wisdom, this this idea of properly applying knowledge to our lives, of acting the right way, of knowing what to do when the situation calls for it, it is, it's obvious. It's not, it's not hidden. It's not, it's not under a bushel basket. Proverbs chapter eight, verse one says, does not wisdom call? does not understanding raise her voice. It's, it's trying to be noticed. It's trying to be heard. And we, we live, our, our, our age right now is, is typified as the information age. There's never been a time period in history that it has been easier to go and find information. Right? There's never been a, I mean, you can jump on... Google right now, and you can find out just about anything that you want to. You can communicate with just about anybody in the world that you want to. Our age is typified by the exchange of information and knowledge. And how many of you know that there are plenty of people out there who have no idea how to apply that knowledge to their everyday life? It's called common sense. Every time that the Bible talks about wisdom, every time that you read what what the, I mean, the Bible is just chock full of all kinds of scripture, all kinds of, of instruction about wisdom. And every time it's talking about wisdom, it's almost always talking about it with a moral component. It's saying, if you get wisdom, if you have wisdom, if you listen to those who are wise, you will act in a way that is good. You will make right moral choices. You will do the right thing. If you don't listen, if you are foolish, if you engage in folly, if you do brodies in a suburban, if you throw wire clippers across the airport, you will not do what's good. If you don't have wisdom, if you engage in foolishness, you will not make the right moral choices. If you, if you just look at the information, if you look up and just Google the definition of wisdom, there is all kinds of stuff out there, all kinds of stuff. There's guys who look at it from a philosophical bent. There's guys from a psychological. There's sociological. There, I mean, there's a million different ideas. And 
the one thing that none of these different studies and none, none of these different disciplines can, can really say is wisdom is the thing that you get and it causes you to act morally right. It causes you to become a good person as opposed to a bad person. You should read some of the definitions. They're like 14 pages long. I mean, they are like this super long drawn out because the one thing they can't say is that wisdom will cause you to be good. It will cause you to be godly. It will cause you to act a different way. It'll cause you to bear a different sort of fruit in your life. And that's the whole point I'm trying to get at is that when you read the scripture, when you talk about the biblical idea of of wisdom, it's this idea that God wants us to act. He wants us to believe. He wants us to know him. And there's plenty of ways to find. There's wise people all over the place. Joy groups are starting up really soon, I think this week or next week. I mean, there are, are, there's plenty of people that you can talk to. There's people who have tons of life experience who, who could say, I engaged in this sort of, of folly and it blew my whole life up and you should avoid that. There, you can read scripture, you can read books, but really at the end of the day, probably the most important thing that I could say to you is that wisdom is a, is a person. In Corinthians, Paul says that Jesus became the wisdom of God to us. He personified wisdom. He personified how we should live, how we should act, how we should, how we should be. And maybe some of you came in today and you were like, you know what? I have engaged in some folly. (laughs) Maybe some of you had some foolish stuff that happened in your life a long, long time ago and you still carry it around. Maybe some of you are going through some foolish stuff. Maybe some of you are dealing with addiction and you've gone through cycles and you go, no matter what I try, I always fall into the same pattern. No matter what I try, I know who I am inside and I'm embarrassed about it. I'm ashamed. No matter what I do, no matter how good I try to act, I just can't seem to get out of this mess. I want to tell you that there's that there's hope. And the hope is not necessarily buried in a book and hard to come by and hard to find and hidden. That hope is in a person, in the person of Jesus. Jesus became the wisdom of God to us. Jesus became the person who can actively change you into another sort of person. You know the reason that that wisdom is hard to come by? The reason that we we don't just find it and and conduct our lives in an extremely wise way? It's because wisdom confronts us when we're wrong. And human beings do not like to be wrong. It goes against our pride. It goes against our nature when we confront the Son of God, the the God-man, Jesus Christ, who is right in all he does. He's righteousness incarnated. He is wisdom. He is right action. He is the one way that we can find our our, our true selves, our true identity, the, the person that God made us to be. This is why Christianity can be offensive 
It's why it's exclusive. It's why people look at the Christian faith and they say, you know what? I don't want to have to admit or have to take on Jesus's righteousness because it means that I'm wrong about some stuff. It means about the, the, the things that I've assumed were right. Uh, the way of life that I assumed was right for this amount of time, really at the end of the day, if Jesus says, I, I, I want you to be a different person and I want you to be different, you have to say, you can have it all. That song we sang today, you can have it all, Lord. Every part of my world, take this life. How I many of you know that's an easy song to sing really loud and lie about? You can have it all, Lord. Every part of my world, everything that I do, you can have my career, you can have my relationships, you can have my right to be right. You can have my reputation, you can have my status, you can have my influence, you can have the every part of my world. Take this life, my very life, everything that I have, everything that I am, take that. If I can just have you. And if that's you and you say, you know what? I need to meet this Jesus person. There are things in my life that I know are broken. I know are dark. I know are shameful. And I've been carrying them around. I have this baggage. And that's how I've identified myself for so long that that must be how God identifies me too. And I, I just want to tell you, the whole point of Christianity is that you come to him as you are. You come to God and you say, if you will take my life, if you will take my shame, if you will take my sin, if you'll take my shortcomings, if you'll take my failings, then I'll be your child. I'll relate to you the way you want me to relate to you, which is as a loving father to a child. When my children mess up, when they make a wrong decision, when they do something foolish, I, I, I don't want to get rid of them as children. I want to restore them. And God feels the same way about you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter if every single decision in your life thus far has been folly, God wants to give you his spirit. And he wants to journey with you. And he wants to walk along with you so that you can find out who you really are and who you're supposed to be.